What's going on, everybody? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and this is episode 93 of the Adult Education Podcast. We are inching closer to that big 100 mark. This week, I'm hanging out with TV writer and author Carter Bays. Thanks for checking out the show today. I just so appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to the Adult Education Podcast. This is a fun project for me that I do out of the love of conversation and learning. If you want to support me or the show, I always say the best way to do that is to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, if you like what you hear in today's episode, please share it with your friends. Word of mouth is fantastic. Whether it's by telling people to listen or sharing it via social media, let that word spread about adult education. All right, are you uh, ready for part two of my little How I Met Your Mother week on the show? Now, this totally happened by accident, by the way. I had no idea that I'd be able to get uh, one of the co-creators of How I Met Your Mother and one of the main writers both in the same week. (laughs) It's kind of funny. I actually talked to them on back-to-back days when I recorded the conversations. Uh, But it just so happens that Carter Bays and Stephen Lloyd were releasing books at the same time. I shared my conversation with Stephen in episode 92 earlier this week. Today, it's all about Carter. As I shared in the last episode, How I Met Your Mother is one of my all-time favorite shows. I I had a really hard time restraining myself from asking Carter all about the show. I could have easily filled up my whole time with him just chatting about that. We did talk a little bit about it, but I I did want to put the focus on the book because I know that's why he's here. Carter's new novel, his debut novel, is called The Mutual Friend. It's really good. Now, I'll be honest, it is long, so I'm still working on it because I, I am a very slow reader, but I've really been enjoying this. Uh, Carter's got a way with writing about relationships and human interaction. If you've ever watched any of his shows, you know how good he is with that, so you can expect that in The Mutual Friend. Uh, let's get into the conversation. There he is. How's it going? Sorry I'm a little late. Oh my gosh, please. It's okay. It's I know these days for you are are so crazy and insane of nonstop switching from telephone to zoom to camera, like whatever it may be. So <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> it's true, but it's, uh, uh, it's fun. I've been really enjoying it. It's been nice uh, talking to people. I guess this kind of leads me into a question that I wasn't planning on asking yet, but normally as a TV writer, you have actors and actresses that kind of do most of the press for your work. In this situation, <laughs> yeah. you're doing the press for your work. How does that feel for you? Oh, I hate it. I hate. It. I mean, I, I, no, I, I love. I, I've, I've reached the point where I've, I've grown comfortable with it. And, and, you know, it, once you get over the, the stage fright of, oh, this is being recorded, uh, then it, then it becomes fun because it's fun talking about this book, especially. I'm, I'm really, I'm excited to, to be able to, you know, you, you live with a book alone in a room, typing it for three years, and, and it's, it's so exciting to actually be able to like talk to people about it now. The being on camera thing is that's the one for me that I'm just really uh, like there's there's one episode of How I Met Your Mother that I was appeared on camera in and it was in the first season. And it like I, I thought it was so easy. I thought, oh, acting can't be that hard. And then as soon as I got out there and there's four cameras pointed at me and I'm like, I don't I'm just trying not to look into any of them, you know, and just trying to act. And and it just really that's where I realized, like. Stay behind the camera. Let the professionals do this. Uh, you know, the director's so, like, "Damn it, Carter! For a guy with no lines, you're really ruining this scene for it, us." It really was, and I had no lines in the scene, and I still was like, "They're like, let's go again." Carter messed up again. <laughs> I actually spoke so. to your friend Stephen Lloyd yesterday. I think it's kind of I, funny that you both have books coming out after all the time you've spent working together. You also both have novels coming out around the same time. It's so funny. I feel like I'm like a, a, a gumshoe hot on Stephen's trail because I, I, I'm do, doing this whole like press tour. Like I, I've talked to a few people that are like, I just talked to Stephen. And I'm like, oh, I just missed him. You know, I, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, I love Stephen's book. I, I'm just so excited for him because I think that book is such a, it so captures Stephen. It's like 
this like dark humor is just, uh, I, I just loved it. I have to, uh, I have to say one thing about how I met your mother before we go into the book, because I was just a big fan and, um, sure. I still have never laughed harder in my entire life at a single TV episode than I think it was Robin sparkles three when they were in space <laughs> with um, oh Cole Scherzinger. Yeah. I, I was yeah. on the floor, tears. I, I mean, I've watched comedies my entire life. I just find them so entertaining. That one hit me inside. There were jokes in that episode. I was like, I can't believe TV censors let that go through. I can't believe they let us all say that really, that one especially was like, that was the outer limits for me of like, cause I'm, I'm a, I'm, I am a, a, a sweet boy from Ohio. I, I like, I, 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 I sort of like cringe at that stuff a little, but I it was just like, those as, as dirty as we got on the show. And I can't believe, I can't believe they let us do it. I can't believe that Alan Thicke, God rest him. Cause he was God, what a treasure he was. I can't believe the stuff that he was just game to do. It was really a, he, it was, it was to his credit that he, he just went in there and just, just delivered it. I'm glad you said that because that was the other thing that was in my mind about that is how comfortable he seemed to be with that because it seems so <laughs> off brand as like, I mean, I know he's Canadian, but as like America's dad for so many years, it just seemed like so off brand for him to be in there. But gosh, what an amazing performance. Yeah, but I, I feel like that's that's the Canadian aesthetic. I think yeah. it's it's you're just the sweetness, but you're like, throw them in anything and, and they'll just deliver it. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really remarkable. Uh, you've got quite a lot of praise for this book, Carter, The Mutual Friend. I, I was looking at a list of some quotes, and I mean, just off the top here, you had Jason Siegel, Mindy Kaling, uh, John Hodgman. I mean, it's not like people that are unknown writing <laughs> reviews for your book here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been really wonderful. I mean, I, I and 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 I'm so grateful for them all for for uh, showing their support like that. I, I'm. It's funny though, like the, the real like. The nice ones have been the one from people that I didn't know. And like that, that's where it's like, oh, okay, you're we're not just friends. Like you, you really like read the book and responded to it, and that's been really, really, uh, uh, you know. Again, I you spend three years alone in a room writing something, and like, which is a new experience for me. Like from going from writing for television, where you have the idea for something and it ends up on the screen in front of millions of people less than a month later. Uh, this was, you know, a real exercise in patience and just waiting till it was done. And so after so many years uh, alone with this thing, it's been really gratifying to see complete strangers connect to it in such a such a really lovely way and 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 really seeing people love it as much as I love it. Well, let's it's talk really about that for a second, because I know when you're writing for TV, um, you know, I, I've worked in radio for 20 years. Everything for us is always less is more. Keep the conversation moving. But when I get mm -hmm. into podcasting, it's a different vibe where it's a long form conversation and I can let the guests talk for two minutes on something if they want to, because that's part of the vibe of having a podcast. So I imagine yeah. when writing for TV, it's very succinct. You got to hit things and you got to make sure you're you're hitting your points right away with the novel, though, you can kind of go off. So so how how did you transition into the different styles of writing for this? Yeah, uh, I, it's um I, I definitely gave myself a little more slack in that, in that, in that area. I, um, you know, I, I, it, it is absolutely true. Like the, like, you know, we always tried to have like three laughs per page on every, in any, in any script of, of how many your mother tried to have three jokes per page, uh, and three really good jokes. You know, that was really always really important to us, like a really high bar of comedy. It's something I learned from writing for Letterman for a number of years. Like I, it, it, that, that was another show where like, it, it really is like, you can't, just go off on a flight of fancy. Like you have to like keep the audience entertained. They're here to laugh and we got to make them laugh. 
I think I think I brought that that philosophy to writing the book, even though there are moments that that it it, it you know it moves at many different speeds other than just comedy. I mean, there are funny parts in it, but there's you know I I, I really tried to give a real three dimensional view of the world in this book, and and there's there's some there's some sadness, there's some happiness, but um, yeah, I, I I just you sort of like you figure out your own pace as you're writing, it and you figure out like you you kind of figure out. I, I think that's what style ultimately is is just deciding like what are the things you want to write, and what are the things you don't want to write. Like I I get hung up on. You know, you read so many books where it's like, you know, the page one is like it's two characters at a restaurant and, and there's all this beautiful description of the restaurant and the, the silverware and what they're wearing and what their food looks like. And, and that always I think that that for the longest time kept me from writing. It kept me from from going into fiction because I felt like, well, I, I, I don't know, I don't have the patience for that. Yeah. But but then you sort of realize that like, well, that's what style is like. Style is like you. What do you want to focus on as you tell the story? And and for me, you know, I, I'm I'm I, I love dialogue. I love like human interactions and stuff. And I, I'm I'm less interested in like the descriptions, for instance. And so I there there's some some descriptions that I, I sort of left out. And and sometimes it's it's on purpose because sometimes you want to like you want to be vague and you want the the reader to help you write the novel as you go along, so to speak. You know, like I I love in in Pride and Prejudice, Lizzie Bennett is, you know, the second prettiest of the five daughters. And that's all you really know about her. You don't know, you don't know like where, you know, how pretty are these other daughters? We don't really, really know. So it, it, it like, I, I like the idea of uh, leaving some spaces for people to fill in themselves. I joked with Steven yesterday uh, that as a TV writer, it's probably the first time ever when you go to hand your manuscript into an editor where the editor's like, I'm going to need you to give me more. Because TV yeah. writers are so yeah. used to the editor is going to read it and go, you know what, I'm going to need, as opposed to everybody else that probably hands them 10,000 pages and they're like, no, 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 yeah. cut this down. Yeah. This is too much. <laughs> it's true. I mean, and and I think it's largely because like words on a page cost whatever they cost, no matter what those words are. But like, you know, uh, when you write for a TV show, it's like, you know, you set something on the surface of the moon, like they're going to, they're going to see the money they're spending. They're not going to see like the actual scene. And so right. that. Yeah, it's uh, you do train yourself to be as economical as possible. I always love to let authors kind of describe their novel themselves, because I think you'll do a better job of it than I will. So I'd like you to kind of give a little description, your elevator pitch, if you will, of what this book is all about. Sure. OK, so I'll start with the elevator pitch. This is here it comes here. I'm, I, I've been working on this. Uh, the Mutual Friend is a romantic comedy. I, I think that's the best way to describe it. It's got a lot of things in it, but ultimately it's it it, it feels like romantic comedy. Uh uh, and it's about the way we connect with each other and the way the way we connect with each other has changed uh, thanks to technology, thanks to smartphones. And, and I really wanted to explore how the human condition right now is so different from any other human condition in history. Like we 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 are living in a way that we are thoroughly unprepared for. Like we 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 it's our phones have changed the way we think, the way we remember memories the way we interact with our friends the way we fall in love and i and i and we're all figuring out how to live in this new condition and i i really wanted to explore that i, I it sort of made me sort of thinking in the grand in the, in the in the long view just how like as a writer like you gotta you have to like ask yourself like what what is it about me right now that i can talk about that no one else can and and i think any of us living right now like we're living through this huge change in in how human beings interact with the world and and i wanted to 
try to capture that and capture all the the silliness and ridiculousness of it and and the the messiness and you know there's times it's it's it can be hilarious it can be heartbreaking and i want to just like throw my arms around it and squeeze it all down into a really fun book that you can read at the beach this summer so that's kind of the that that's the the elevator pitch for it um and uh you know and 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 it's at the center of this story is this this young woman alice who her drive and this, she just wants to be able to put her phone down and focus on getting something done, which I think anyone can relate to. I know I can't, I mean, any, any writer, especially when you look at the blank page, you just want to check Twitter and check Facebook. And, and she, it's her resisting that urge. And uh, she, for her, the thing that she wants to get done is she wants to become a doctor. And, and in order to do that, she has to go to medical school. And in order to do that, she has to take the MCAT, this eight hour test. And she's got, one summer to study for this test and she just wants to focus on studying and it's about all the distractions that come her way little and big because i I feel like that's kind of for me that feels like the story of life right now is just we're it's the world is just distracting it and and set aside the world of your phone it's just the world around it there's a lot going on and and we're we are we are processing more information than human beings have ever processed on a on a day-to-day basis and it's uh, I just, yeah, I just wanted to tell the story of kind of figuring that out. You said before, not in this interview, but in another uh, conversation that you th- immediately thought when you had this idea, you wanted to make it into a TV show, but then realized, okay, this isn't going to be a TV show. This deserves to be a novel. So I kind of want to know why this one versus all your other ideas was the novel. Yeah, I uh, it, it, it started as a like a for an inkling, it was going to be a, a TV show. And, and I think I was partly because I was coming off of how I met your mother and uh, all, all I knew was writing television. So I thought like, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to, what's my new show going to be? My new show is going to be, I'm going to do all the things I couldn't do writing a CBS sitcom. And I'm going to just like, like wh- what, what kind of TV show would I make if I just could do whatever I wanted? And, and these ideas were already kind of percolating in my head and Alice was forming as a character. And I just sort of, I sort of knew like, all right, I want to, I want to tell this story. Um, but the thing about TV, right? Like I love TV writing. I love like collaborating and, and working with, with, a, a, with other writers and working with actors. It's such a joyous thing to like have that kind of com- camaraderie and, and writing fiction, as I learned is, is a, is a solitary process. It's lonely. You're, you're just alone in a room and you got to pump out your thousand words a day. If, if, if you're up to it or 500 words a day, if you decide maybe, uh, maybe a thousand is a bit much today, you know? <laughs> But I love storytelling and I just, I loved the story and I realized like, I don't want to spend my life, you know, pitching this and, and trying to convince people to make it. I just want to tell the story. I just want the story to be, it's, it's, I'm, I've got this first, first chapter and I want to see the other chapters. I don't want to, I don't, I, I I think maybe I didn't even have the patience for like, oh, I got to, I want to go through the whole song and dance, tap dance, try to get, you know, some network to make it. I, I just wanted to tell the story. And I just, as an exercise, sort of set the the pilot script aside and said like, well, let me write this as a, as a first chapter of a novel. And it just, it, it came to life. It came to life in a way. And I started finding things that I hadn't seen initially because I was writing this new format. And, uh, I just uh, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the process of writing prose, and uh, the the novel just kind of exploded out of me after that. And and it was it was a three year process, I think, uh, ultimately of 
from like when I really decided, all right, I'm going to do this. I already want to write the next one because I, I really, I enjoyed it so much. That's awesome. And you said something in there too, that I hadn't really thought about when you said pitching, if you were writing a TV show, you'd have to take that to a studio. You'd have to pitch this idea. And there's so many other things that come with that because then it's like, okay, well, who's going to be, who are going to be the actors? Who's going to be the cast? Who's going to be involved with the filming? Do we have a director? But with a book, you still have to pitch it, but it's a very different aspect of pitching because it's just you, your work and a publisher and that's it. And it really comes down to a real like philosophical question because ultimately, you know, all art is ephemeral. Like we're, we're here and then we're gone, you know? And, and it's sort of like, like you think about like theater, like people who act in plays like that, you, you, that performance is for tonight and tonight only, and it, it'll never happen again. And there's something so, so beautiful about that. And you could sort of apply that line of thinking towards TV writing in, in the sense that like, I, I mean, I've written 15 pilots since how I met your mother ended or something like that. I mean, I, you know, you write pilot scripts and sometimes they, they get made, sometimes they, you know, just don't sell at all. Sometimes they, they get picked up to shoot a pilot and then the show doesn't get picked up. I mean, and all of those things have happened to me since how I met your mother ended. And, and in, on one sense, you have to love the craft and you have to love the process. And it's just like, you know, when, when the pilot doesn't go, you let go of that one and you move on to the next pilot. Um, and, and I, and I'm comfortable with that to some degree, but I don't know with this one, I think with this one, I just, I love these characters and I love these stories. It was very personal to me. I, I wanted to see if Alice could pull it off. And, and I just sort of felt like I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to have to ask for permission to tell the rest of the story. I want to just, just do it and and see what happens. I heard you say that saying goodbye to the characters was really hard for you when you were finishing this book. And it's not like you've never said goodbye to characters before. So why was it so much more difficult with this book? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I had gone through that before with, uh, with How I Met Your Mother. And it was, it was a similar thing. Like it was, uh, 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 you know, it, it's, you know, the, the, the saddest moment was when, is when like, you know, a week after the show ends, you, you, you think of a good Barney joke or a good like uh, Robin story for something that happens at her, at her, at the local news, you know, I, I uh, so it, it is, uh, I, I've, I've really, I've loved these characters and, and it is, it is hard. And, and, you know, not to go too deeply into it, but I, I really like a lesson I learned from how I met your mother is make sure that you're leaving the characters exactly where you want them to be. And, and I, I do feel like I, I'm, I, no spoilers because I don't want to give away the ending, but I, I, I feel, uh, I feel good about that. So I feel like I can, I can set them free now and, and, and let them go off into the world until I write the sequel, which, you know, could be, could <laughs> well, happen. I feel like you're already setting that up now, Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just did. And did that just happen right now? I guess so. Oh, I love that. I also think it's funny because, you know, generally when a book comes out, when a book is published, it's been done for probably about a year and submitted. So you've had essentially close to a year, probably since you submitted this book to be thinking about what the next step is going to be for this. I know you would think you would think I'd be a little more prepared. You'd, you'd think I'd already have the next one hooked <laughs> up, and I, I had some ideas. And I, but I also I loved the idea of, like I think this book wouldn't exist if I had been forced to commit to any sort of timeline with it. I, sure. that, and that that's why I'm I'm giving myself the freedom to like to know like I, I know myself enough to know that like I don't need a deadline. I'm gonna tell a story. I this is just what I do, and eventually. It's something's going to happen and I'm going to think like, I need to write about this. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, 
you know, I, I, it was for years and years, it was, you know, you have the idea and then a month later it's on TV and, and just the idea of like, of waiting for it and, and teasing it along and then being gentle with an idea is, is, was so new to me and so just wonderful. And I had so many friends, I think I said this in another, in uh, somewhere else, like I, I, uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord were, uh, the, the directors were on, were writers on How I Met Your Mother, the first, uh, the first year of the show. And they, uh, they left to go make, uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. And it took them years to make it. And, and it was so interesting because I was so used to working on things that take a week to make. And here's, you know, they're polishing up this little diamond that is, you know, it's just 120 minutes, but it's, you know, they, they, every moment is well thought out and accounted for. And, and I really like, it's sort of lodged in my head of like, oh, I want to give that a try. I want to try like not just slapping it onto the screen and seeing what happens. I want to try like really like, like just honing it, honing something. It really, it, it and it's been a really rewarding experience. Oh, I love to hear that. Carter Bay's the book is the mutual friend. I know we're running out of time here. So where can people go if they want to find out more about you or follow along your journey? Uh, well, I've got a, a website, uh, carterbays.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, at Carter Bays. I'm on Instagram at Carter L Bays. Ooh. And if whoever owns at Carter Bays on Instagram is listening, let's talk because, uh, <laughs> Carter at Carter L Bays, I, I, that's my, my middle initial is L, but it, I would, yeah. Anyway, car, at Carter L Bays is where I'm on Instagram and the book, uh, you can get, uh, anywhere. Just, just go to your local bookseller and, uh, uh, and uh, they'll 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 give it to you. Well, Carter, thank you, you so much. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much, and thank you for all the great memories over the years. Oh, thank you so much. This is this is really great. I really appreciate being here. Big thank you to Carter Bays for his time. Check out The Mutual Friend. The book actually comes out on June 7th. I don't often get to talk to people before their books are released, so make sure you make a note about this one. June 7th, head to your local bookstore and pick it up. And thank you to all of you for listening today. I appreciate you so much. Please feel free to share this episode on your social media and with your friends. Until next time, be well.